y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS bass? But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS Welcome back. It is co-host, producer, editor, baller, shot caller, Jack Selby. I know after listening to an hour and 40 minutes of us on the Best of episode, the only thing going through y'all's minds is, hey, I want more content. So here we are. We're going to give it to you. I explained on that episode how we just had a lot of stuff that we talked about. The episode ended up being over two hours. And uh, don't worry, our opinions on releasing a two-hour episode is the same as yours, which is no thank you. So we cut a lot of stuff out of it. We're going to put it on this episode. You're just going to hear us talk about, you know, it's a lot of sports stuff because it was the day after the Super Bowl, the Anthony Davis trade, which is still ongoing, uh, about one day as I record this before the trade deadline. So by the time y'all hear this, y'all know what y'all will know what happened with Anthony Davis. Baseball, hockey, uh, a couple other things in there. So everyone can just remain calm. We already gave you all the cake with the year anniversary show, and this episode is just the frosting on top of the cake. And it says, congratulations on the anniversary of the podcast in really nice cursive and font. And we have to write it really small because that's a lot of words to put on top of a cake. And it's also a big cake because we live that luxurious baller lifestyle. Y'all know us. So enjoy this episode. If I have to, uh, if I feel the need to interlude on any of these clips, y'all hear me again. But other than that, y'all hear me wrap up the show. Enjoy it. So we do have a couple things we want to talk about before we get into the meat and the potatoes of our anniversary. Mm, Steak. Homer, I have to go out to pick up something for dinner. Steak? Money's too tight for steak. Steak? Yeah, sure, steak. David, by the way, is recording this when he is very hungry, so this is gonna. This is a long episode too, so this is gonna be a triumph of Whatever. perseverance. For I will deal. It'll be no different than working a brush bar shift when yeah. I have uh, no time you, to myself. You thought you left that life behind, and here you uh, are in no, your podcast. Not at all. Uh, so it, the service industry never. Truly we're, leaves. we're recording this. So funny. We actually recorded the first episode of this podcast the day after last year's Super Bowl, and the first topic we ever talked about. I mean, we'll we'll segue into that. But the first topic we ever talked about was Justin Timberlake's halftime show. This year, the halftime show, we briefly talked about it last episode, was Maroon 5, Travis Scott, and Big Boy. Big Boy. Big Boy. Big Boy. <laughs> Big Boy, as a certain uh, ESPN personality calls it. A certain bald, a, orange. An orange bald man. Big Boy. And Dave and I, as might some of you who listen to the show might expect, uh, Dave and I have differing opinions. David, your feeling on the halftime show was. Uh, and, the, and by the way, this is the majority opinion. This is not David hot take. I mean, I thought it was boring. Like, you're in Atlanta. You have so many wonderfully iconic and memorable musicians from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And you fucking pick Maroon 5, the, like, cookie-cutter studio session musician prepackaged pop band from California with a lead singer who's more famous for his antics than a reality show than he is for his music. Like... They could have gone. They could have outcast they, the obvious choice. They, I mean, they could have done outcast. They could have done uh, Killer Mike is obviously a huge ask. Usher yeah. from Atlanta, Lil John, the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Lil John and the Yin Yang Twins would have been put first. Of Jermaine Dupree, <laughs> somebody from So So Def. Can we name anyone on Soso Death besides Jermaine Dupree? Bow Wow. Bow Wow. You're right. My apologies, too. But, but he's from Ohio, so he, he doesn't he doesn't get play there. So, I had forgotten Usher's from Atlanta. That seems like an mm-hmm. easy one. Yeah. Now, he's not problematic. Oh, he's the least problematic of the R&B. I mean, 
Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of any scandals with Usher that he at least didn't own up to in his music in terms of... You know, all of the scandals all of the scandals we're aware of with Usher are truly, truly just content-based. Yeah. Also, if he had taken his shirt off last night, oh my god. No complaints here. I met Usher once. You did? Wait, yes. I, I, I don't really remember this story. During, the inaugura- during Obama's first inauguration, he was at the service event that I was working when I was in AmeriCorps. Um, right. Usher's like 5'7", maybe 5'8". Oh, smells like baby powder. That's what I remember. You yeah, he he's like, like distinctly powder. smelled of baby powder. Did you, you get to tap him up and say, hey. I just shook his hand. Yeah, that's a cool thing. Hey, he, I, I, he was like, oh, honky white boy. I'm, I'm going to shake his hand. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll allow that. You knew your place. And you somebody tried to somebody tried to give me like a low, low knock the other day and I totally missed it. Went in and shook their fist. I missed it. He, I missed it. He, he put his fist out. I just saw the hand go out and I was like, oh, handshake. And it's like, oh, this is whatever. You know what you do in those situations? You own up to the awkwardness and just like really grab onto the fist and be like, yeah, Stick shift. I exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 no, this was, I, I don't, I didn't want to seem like a complete weirdo to this person though. You know, I already succeeded in doing that. Oh, no, let's not, let's just, let's not make things worse. So I, I enjoyed the halftime show and actually a bunch of us in the room did enjoy it. I like Maroon 5 in the sense that they, you know, Maroon 5 just got a bunch of bangers. I get that they do. Studio pop they they definitely, have they definitely this. have some bang. They definitely have some like, I don't even want to say. I don't know if I'm going to say bangers, but they definitely have That's some memorable. They have some memorable hits from the last decade. Decade and a half. Really, this isn't. Like, I'm not saying that their body of work doesn't necessarily justify, but they're the, not Atlanta. Yeah, they're not Atlanta. They're not really a band that's like getting you up and off your feet. Yeah, like, you're not you're not popping around, you're not dancing around to them. Like they make the music for couples at a wedding to like do their first dance to. That's why I was surprised, and I said to someone who said she will be loved was played, and I thought that's not doesn't seem like a Super Bowl hat. And they did play it, so I'm with you. I was a little surprised. But also they teased that SpongeBob was going to be involved, and it was like ten seconds. No, here's just, the you know, thing. Fuck you. Here's you the can't thing. you cannot play with this generation's heartstrings because I was saying I might have been even saying to you the other day that. I think that SpongeBob is our generation's Simpsons. Simpsons. Yes. Like it is it is a cultural touchstone that so many people within America identify across so many different bubbles or you know uh, cohort groups that like have an awareness of SpongeBob and can you know recite lines like if you if you got, gathered a hundred millennials from really anywhere in the country, and got him in a room and like put on someone's like me hoi me noi. Like how many people would 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 give you the next line or how many people would say are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> like how many? Oh, people- my sister's favorite line is oh east. I thought you meant weast. <laughs> that smelly smells. That smells smelly. Anchovies. <laughs> See. And Dave, and I was. And not, I'm not. I am. I am. We're not huge SpongeBob fans. We're not. We enjoyed it. I enjoy. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed it. But like, I had roommates in college who were still watching SpongeBob, yeah. and I'm like, Ugh. that's like me watching. I was still watching The Simpsons recently, like three or four years ago, and they were fine. But I was like, I just can't. I had no problem with it. It was just like I can't good. keep watching. I, I agree with that. It's but not it's, as the Simpsons needs to. Simpsons. Needs I do agree with that. Um, they need to. They need to I, be put I, out to pasture. I did like that they transitioned into the sicko mode intro. I thought that was a clever way of incorporating it while still have. And I thought Travis Scott was okay. Travis Scott was fine. It's just I think it's really funny that they had him do sicko mode or that right. verse from sicko mode, knowing right. full well he, that was, he was not going to censor himself. That he was yeah. That he was going to have to censor a third of it. And the other thing is a lot of people complaining that without auto tune, Travis Scott sounds bad life, which is 
partially true and why I'm not, I don't buy the idea that you have to still be a good singer to use autotune. It's like, no, when you hear autotune singers without autotune live, it sounds There's a terrible. reason they use autotune. Exactly. Kanye, when he was on SNL during 808s and Heartbreak time frame, was mm-hmm. hor- he had a horrible performance because he can't do live with, with autotune. Yeah. And by the way, there was a third act in the halftime show. We mentioned Outcast. Big Boy shut the show. The most entertaining part of that boring ass Super Bowl by far. Oh, absolutely. It was Big Boy coming out on a like a, in a slab, Cadillac. slab caddy with a fur, fur coat, coat on to Kryptonite by the Purple Ribbon All Stars. That got me needed needed Killer Mike. I that got me so unbelievably hyped. And then he did the way you move. Who doesn't? That's like a song that is impossible to hate. Outcast has twenty of those songs that are impossible to hate. Mm-hmm. The game itself isn't even worth discussing. It was the most one of the most boring. So, this is the first Super Bowl the Patriots have won by more than eight points. Right. And if that kicker hadn't hooked that field goal at the end, it would have been seven. But it was such a boring... We were just... The best part about the Super Bowl... And this you, is the, this is why I don't bet on the... I don't bet against the Patriots anymore. I don't either. I don't... If, if it's a Super Bowl, I just... I've stopped. I've stopped betting against them. I'm only betting either squares or prop bets because Belichick has Belichick did the same thing to the Rams that he did to the the Chiefs. The Chiefs were able to do it get out of it a little bit better. better, better but yeah, like, the Chiefs almost won it. And the, Rams the Chiefs just, had Chiefs had ar- Chiefs arguably have a better offensive line. And, and you a, just never felt the Rams had a chance to win. It. No, I, I never. They did. just they they couldn't do anything on offense. Whether it was not getting Gurley involved or not, you know, taking advantage of the fact that Brendan Cooks is fast as shit and just. Air one out. And he Air missed, and he missed Cooks in the back of the end zone. He was too late on that throw, and Cooks was so open. And then yeah. one of the uh, McCordys blocked it. Um, but then, you know, the, the fun thing about the Super Bowl is you get you get together with a bunch of friends. The ads this year were also really underwhelming. But, they were, but you know what? There weren't many bad... Like, there, there weren't a many lot of the bad ads, that, but there weren't many good ads. Right. Everything was just sort of there. And and the thing that, thing that I, was getting to me was all of these... Big corporations who might not be around in six years. Someone on Twitter, I forget who it was, had this point that, like, this Super Bowl reminds me a lot of the 90s in that the quality of the game is terrible and all these companies (laughs) that are advertising for it might not be around in six months. Do you know the Raven Stadium for one year was named PSI Net Stadium? Dot Net Stadium? Did not know that. Because PSI.net hasn't existed in 17 years. But I'll take a Super Bowl with less terrible ads because there were a few years where there were a lot of, like, big swings and because I think people. Try I would too rather hard with weird humor. I, and see, weird but I love very, the weird humor. The yes. ASMR ad, however, uh, uh-uh. uh, which one uh, was that uh, one? The, the Michelob Ultra one, or the woman's on the island speaking into the microphone and like, oh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Oh, that was Zoe yeah, Kravitz. That's and Zoe Kravitz speaking, speaking very softly. Yes. Hey, bitch. Why do you see my? Dick? Someone, someone on Twitter has already uh, dubbed it over that anytime I think anytime Zoe Kravitz speaks, it's just fart noises. <laughs> that's gonna be the worst sound clip we ever put into the show. But here we go. Yeah, no, not happening. Uh, speaking of smooth transitions, um, <laughs> really quick, one more like butter. One more quick sports note before we get into the again the tasty meat and potatoes or the pho in this case. Mm. Uh, spoiler: David's looking at pho for dinner. It came out. I didn't know this until David told me about fifteen minutes ago. I didn't know about it until about fifteen minutes ago. The as you as everyone listening knows, I live and breathe with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Unfortunately, well, I would say fortunately, they've given me so much hope in life. Uh, even when I had no nothing. I didn't have a lot going for me. I had Shaq and Kobe. That's I, true. So apparently today, Anthony Davis, who is arguably a top three player in the league, like I'd say top five. I would say, but three. it's but it's I very. He's you could if you're in no particular order. My top five is Curry, Bron, KD, AD, and Kyrie. Okay. But Anthony Davis is a generation. Yeah, Harden, Harden is a good player, but Harden is one dimensional. I know, so and, and I hate watching James Harden play basketball. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. 
But Anthony Davis is a generational talent. Absolutely. And so a couple weeks ago, he came out and requested will, a trade it, from the Pelicans. AD, AD, will, AD will be the best player in the NBA once LeBron retires. And speaking of that, it came out today that the Lakers, who are frontrunners to get Davis in a trade because he wants to be traded, offered Lonzo Ball, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, two first-round picks. Lance. And Lance Stevenson. I forgot Lance. So, so six players and two picks. Potentially potentially eight people. There are 13 players on an active NBA roster. David, what's six about half of 13? Yeah, just about. Just about. Just about 40, 45% or so. And if you get one player back, you would have five less slots. I so who are they going to get, like, who, who, are they going to just pull up a bunch of G League guys? Right. And, like, really just tank it this year? And then, like, they pull up Andre Ingram. Remember the guy last year who had been in the G League for 12 years and yeah. gave up and scored 30 games? Yeah. So, David, I want your your take, which I mostly, I pretty much mostly agree with, so I want you to say it, of what the league should do about Rich Paul, LeBron, Anthony Davis. So, this, is, this, this whole situation is entirely untenable, and it's quite clear that Rich Paul and LeBron have tampered with this. Uh, th- this whole thing has LeBron's fingerprints all over yes. it. Between him trying to get Luke Walton fired to basically run, stepping in and trying to be the GM of the team, it's insane and it, it, it hurts the league. I don't often think that the league needs to go out of its way to protect the small market teams, but this is one of those instances where I think that they do. I think the league would be more justified stepping in here and squashing this trade than they were with Chris Paul. And I was one of the few that was okay with them squashing the Paul trade. First of all, as a Laker fan, it wasn't a great trade for the Lakers. They were getting a slower point guard. Mm-hmm. They were giving up two of their big guys, which was mm-hmm. a strength at the time. So I was at the time like, okay, I'm okay with this trade not happening. Yeah. But I'm with you where the, the league- only difference is if this trade, for example, went through, the Pelicans would be getting a lot back. Yeah. And I'd be okay from their side for that. But I'm not a fan of... I'm not a fan of LeBron being able to pick and choose who he plays with. Like, and, I, and I knew like, that as a Lakers fan coming in, but it's still, it's annoying as hell. It's really, it's really unsettling. It's, I mean, it's going to do nothing to, to diminish LeBron's quote unquote legacy in the league. He's going down as fought one of the, he's going down on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA. Yes. There's no arguing on it yeah. at this point, but if you're also going to have a, a Mount Rushmore of, of team, Team, team. Honestly, this is LeBron's. LeBron's a cancer. I was gonna say borderline. Te- he's LeBron's a, a team killer. He's a team disruptor. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And borders on borders, team. He borders on cancer. Right. The only reason I won't say only cancer is because teams play better when he's on it. That's why I hesitate to say cancer. That's because fair. you will see a team cancer is someone who just the team just sinks when they're around him. LeBron they play better, but LeBron's just LeBron's he's gotten a control like freak. three. He, that's very true. He's a control freak. He's an absolute control Now, it's probably one of the reasons why he's one of the best people to ever play the game of basketball. Oh, absolutely. But it's like Michael Jordan being a competitive asshole. Yeah. It's be- why he was the best like- ever and why Michael Jordan is an insufferable human being. Yeah, it's why- yeah it's exactly. That's why nobody wants to talk to Jordan. Yeah. Barkley doesn't talk to Jordan. Because Barkley is the most keep it real person probably in the United States of America. He's amongst them. He's amongst them. Him, Vince Staples. Yes. You know, Barkley Vince Staples EP would do great. <laughs> so now, again, we get into the fried rice and egg rolls of the show. By the way, that little instrumental you heard? Yeah, that's a Clayton Samus track with Vince Staples, and it's called Charles Barkley. I, I'm i I'm not saying I'm a genius, but y'all will appreciate my genius tree when, I, when I'm gone. Uh, this next clip came, I believe, after we were talking about episode four. Yeah, because we were talking about the Oakland A's. And we got into more of a baseball talk after that. So, here you go. And David Hart, who dislikes baseball. 
It's not that I dislike baseball. You're strongly disinterested in baseball. I, I think that baseball, baseball needs to get with the times I, and allow itself to become a more modern game. Baseball, my, my biggest gripe with baseball is that it... Takes forever. It, no, I mean, yeah, whatever. The time thing... If it's if it's an afternoon game, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna expect to do anything after that game anyway. It's just that like baseball has all of the like positive sort of like team culture things that you get with like hockey and soccer, where it's you know very much about like the dressing room and mm -hmm. you know keeping things together and keeping keeping running a tight ship with none of the positives of those of either of those sports, which is being able to grow over time. Right. The, you know the, the 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 and I'm sure I've harped on this before, but the unwritten rules of baseball that have basically allowed stuffy white dudes from the from from rural parts of America to be complete shitheads to immigrants is just it's really dumb. Well, and to that point, I was reading Pedro Martinez's book a few weeks ago, and I like Pedro as a person, as a pitcher, but Pedro just seemed like he justified every time he would go up and in at somebody as that's just part of baseball, and he would get mad if anyone took a shot at him, but like. Yeah, so I just threw it his neck. What's the big deal? Yeah, so it's... And it's, I got tired of that. It's this... this pitchers this, have this sort of... It's, even more than the stuffy old white dudes, it's, 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 it's just pitchers as a totality often just are such... The cognitive dissonance there that, like, I can do this thing, but God damn it, if you do, you're out of line. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, shut up. And as a reminder, this man had the A's in the World Series and no one else had And them. I would also like to point out that, like, this is actually my Fuego baseball take. Um, baseball's barely a sport. I don't think that's that fuego of a take. Because like, who, who's who's the best hitter? Who, who are the best hitters around right now? It's Mookie like Mookie Betts for the Red Sox. Mookie Betts. Uh, JD Martinez also for the Red JD Sox. JD Martinez. Um, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Yeah. So besides Mookie Betts, the other two, they're 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 built a little bit like me. Yeah. They're a little bit pear shaped. Yeah. They're a little, you know, it, Prince Fielder. Yeah. Well, who's the most famous baseball player in history? Babe, Babe Ruth, Ruth, famous for scarfing down hot dogs and beers between innings. Well, that's why I became such a fan of Barry Bonds, because of how dedicated he was to fitness, diet... And needles in his ass. I, why? No. We're celebrating. We're not tearing down. We're I mean, Sammy Sosa did it, too. No. Uh, no. No. Everyone... Until you've admitted to it to me. Like, Barry Bonds... I guess technically admitted he unknowingly did it in a federal court, but that that's that 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 that, 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 that doesn't nah. semantics. Yes, it is. That's purely semantics. Barry Bonds. The only thing. What have we always said, Barry? The only thing Barry Bonds was guilty of loving the game too much. Exactly. Wanting to win too badly. I cannot wait to hear your World Series prediction for this year because I know it will be. By the way, in those veins, um, to prove that it's David who has the magic touch or the magic stick, as it were. I. In one of these episodes, predicted that the Super Bowl would be Tampa Bay versus Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Didn't quite work out. Yeah, I, I am. I, I will Combined, say, combined like eight wins. We will, we will wait and see what happens with Machado and Harper before I make my um, my baseball picks. Okay. Um, but that's another thing that's actually like that's been interesting to follow from the outside as somebody who doesn't really pay any attention to baseball. And like, it's been just as interesting. The, the players, the players, sort of colluding that the owners are trying to not yeah. pay them money, which. Seems seems the case but, when like, but, but the owners also have gotten bit so hard over the years of bad long contracts that I think I don't know that this direct collusion. I think it's just saying we can't do this anymore. There's a player on the Cubs named Jason Hayward who was a good defensive player and an okay hitter and got like a ten year deal. It was either ten or like eight or nine, but close to three. It was like two hundred sixty million or something crazy for a guy who wasn't that great to begin with. 
And then he's been really bad on the... Like, he wasn't even starting in the World Series games. that The year they signed him. So... That's why I think the owners... That's why I'm reluctant to say it's direct collusion. Then and more just the owners saying... Then make it performance-based incentives and yeah. say, well, you didn't meet the goals that we agreed well, to. Well, the MLB union's really strong, and that'll be hard to, for them to... You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to... Totally buy in on that. The contract was actually eight years, $184 million, so I was way off on the money total, but very correct in my assertion that Jason Hayward is butt. So we were talking about hockey before episode nine because we talked about the Caps winning the Cup, and we go into more detail. David goes into more detail about the Caps' current year in this clip. It had become almost like the... I don't want to say the the Oakland A's of baseball, or the Oakland A's of hockey, because the Caps are you know willing to spend more money than the A's. I'm sorry to interrupt. That actually is a good analogy because the A's historically, like I said earlier, will make the first round mm-hmm. and lose, mm-hmm. and always underperform expectations. So mm-hmm. that actually is a very good analogy for the Caps. Yeah, with them it's usually the second round though. Yeah, second round to the same to almost always to the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But they won, and um, I, for me, that was honestly the most cathartic part of the whole the whole goddamn thing was was getting past Pittsburgh in the second round. Like from there, they were playing with house money. Yeah, and my emotions were just. Do you think had they lost to Tampa because they were close to losing to Tampa? They were close to losing to Tampa. I wouldn't have been surprised if they had lost to Tampa because Tampa's Tampa was probably the best team in the league that year last yeah, year, perfect. and they're on pace to be the best team in the league again this year. Uh, Tampa's the heavy, heavy favorite out of the East. You, you normally have you know your top six guys, but Tampa's of, of your four lines of forwards. Tampa's third line is as good as their second line, and it's probably is as good as second line of many many teams in hockey. Um, and then their defense is really solid, and their goaling situation is m- much improved, at least statistically, over last year. Which and is you, hard to say because I mean hard, hard to imagine because they were so good last year. And you know what? It doesn't matter because the Caps won the same. Exactly, Cup like the Caps won the fucking. They won the fucking thing. That, that's when when your team wins a championship. It's and they're playing it, with house money this year. Right. So like, I, you know, would it would I be upset if they flamed out in the first round? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, like, dope. Yeah. Like, I'm sure those players are tired. I'm sure those guys would love a, the two and a half month break. I mean, to be fair, they also didn't stop partying the entire summer. <laughs> you act like Ovechkin and Backstrom haven't deserved it. They've oh, I, oh no, no, no. We were, God, uh, we were pro with, that. The two of them have been here. For, they've been in D.C. specifically because I don't think either of them has ever, uh, has ever even done a Hershey stint. But they've been in the city. I mean, they've, play, they've been on the Capitals oh, yeah. team for half of my life. Yeah, because Ovechkin was drafted in 04. Yeah. Or 05 into 07. I'm sorry. Yeah, 05 half of my life. Yeah. They've Which is been, crazy to think about. But yeah. Yeah, that like... And Ovechkin's showing no sign of slowing down. No, he's, um, he's on pace for 50 goals again this year. He won MVP last year, right? I think so. And yeah. or at least won. He won. Or he might have won. He might have won the Richard. It's the. I don't remember. But the re- he's, won, he's won so many of those damn yeah, things. Exactly. I don't. I don't even bother counting anymore. But it's the relief of when you're. T- it's the relief of not losing anymore. And now it's. And now it's so much easier to just sit back and just watch and enjoy him play because it is not often that. A player comes to a city, and you get to say that we are witnessing a a a generational, a Hall of Fame, a, a, you know, an all-time talent. And he had a lot of expectations to live up to, and superseded every single one of them. Well, he hasn't superseded or all he, of them. Or he matched. He's everything. finally he's finally living. He's finally yeah. lived to the expectations because there's been more than one instance where they should have won and they should have made it to the conference finals. But they didn't, and you know why? Because they weren't fucking suck that year. Yeah, they were. They were fucking suck those years. Um, <laughs> we're not gonna be fucking suck this year. And like, it is. It is still thinking about it now. Like, 
you know, it's it's not as long a drought as what the Cubs dealt with. It's not as long a drought as what the uh, the Sox dealt with. It's not as long a drought as Cleveland as an entire city has dealt with. But the Caps had gone their 45 longer because 70, what, two, I think? They won. So they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 98 and got, and got swept, swept by the CBY Red Wings. By and, one of the best oh yeah. best teams of all time. Right. And other than that, the I don't think they, made the, they had ever made the Conference Finals besides that year. Nope. So... Yeah, um, but you know they fucking did it, and so that was also a fun development and because then yeah. they lose the coach who's the mastermind behind it right. all, and Barry Trotz has got the Islanders I mean, who playing really well, right? Who were the consensus pick by pretty much every uh, hockey writer of merit and every hockey publication of merit had them rated as like the worst team yeah. statistic, like on on paper the worst team in the league, and they're first in the Metro, right? And Barry Trotz is a Barry Trotz is a goddamn miracle worker. If he doesn't, if he doesn't win the Jack Adams, I you mean consecutive years taking a team that had historically choked to a Stanley Cup and then taking a team that was supposed to be the worst team to the number one seed in the playoffs wouldn't get you the yeah. number one number seems, one seed in their division. Seems fair. Check out the standings. He's in the man they call him Trotz. Trot. Oh, sorry. Anyway, this next clip is from after I brought up the Shack point of episode eleven, where I mistakenly, like a gosh darn fool, forgot to mention how. Shaq had acknowledged my existence. And then I just segued that into asking David about celebrities. What's your biggest, what's your best brush with a celebrity that wasn't Usher smelling like baby powder? Um, I met Brooks Orpik who used to play for yeah, the Washington Capitals right. at a Nats game. Brooksy. Uh, yeah. I was walking down half street and I just hear someone very obviously Canadian say, Oh, what are we going to do today? Hey boys. And I turn around and because I'm thinking, yeah, oh, this is a, this is a fine Canadian fellow. Yeah. <laughs> I should say, you know, say hi in the Canadian Show way. Show the courtesy. Say hi in the Canadian way. Cover my hand in maple syrup and, you know, grab him by the wrist. The wrist but, with their denim jacket. Yes. Presumably covering it. Yes. The three-piece the three piece Canadian tuxedo is a right. mandatory. It's, yeah. it's their going out attire. <laughs> it's their wedding. That's their formal wedding. Yes, attire. that's their formal. That's, you know, it's after, it's after, it's after, you know, one o'clock. I am a farmer. <laughs> I must wear this tuxedo. Uh, and turn out and it's Brooks-like. And I guess a bunch of his friends from home. So I panic because I personally am of the mind that, like, leave celebrities alone yeah. in public. Like, so I was just like, hi, Brooks. Uh, big fan. Yeah. I think Bye. And then I, turn around and run away. I think celebrities, I'm assuming, and I'm of the same mindset. I think as long as you, if you just very cool, very brief, and you just, if you want to shake their hand and say, hey, big fan, congrats on all the success. I see. I don't even do that. And that's, and you're not in the wrong for yeah, like, less, less is more. Like, he's, he's clearly hockey players. Are less likely to get yeah. They're not going to get that kind of attention the same way that like Premier League players and soccer players come to the U.S. because like they can wander around yeah. in major cities and, and be unbothered because people don't really know what they look like. Yeah, it's the same thing with a lot they, of wear they wear masks. And same yeah. thing with a lot of football players. Yeah. Well, guys, that just about wraps it up for this bonus episode. I appreciate y'all for listening, and I got to be honest. After doing the PJ episode and doing the intro for the PJ episode and going through all the episodes to get the best of clips and then editing that and cutting stuff out of the best of episode and then making the bonus episode. I am very tired. So I appreciate all of y'all who support us through this ordeal and to all y'all out there who's saying, why are you guys making bonus episodes when your original episodes aren't even that good? Why are you hating? You're drinking Haterade, you're sipping on Haterade and then pouring it on our show. Anyway, I'm, I think I need rest. Um, so we will hopefully be back in a couple of weeks once I regain the brain cells that have been lost during this editing process 
and we will come at you with the firest of fuego water because that's what we do.